athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. On August 20th, 2005, this was the number one song in the country, and that's the day that Box to Row came on the air as we celebrate 18 years on the air with Box to Row. Welcome to another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. We're going to reminisce. We're going to talk about how Box to Row started, all of those good things. But today on the program, some of the best players in the country and of course, in HBCU football, takes center stage on today's program. North Carolina Central starting quarterback Davius Richard going to join us today here on Box to Row. Benedict starting defensive end L- Lubert Danilis going to join us today here on the program. And Virginia Union running back Jada Byers rushed for almost 2,000 yards in 2022. Also going to join us today here on Box to Row. If you want to participate here on the conversation, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. As our countdown to kickoff continues, we're going to ramp things up. As a matter of fact, on next week's program, we are going to kind of go around and see what's, what's happening at some of the camps, some of the preseason camps as teams get ready for the season. Remember, the season starts next Saturday. Next Saturday, August 26th, you have three games on the slate, including the matchup between South Carolina State and Jackson State in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. It's a rematch from the national championship game or the Celebration Bowl going back to 2000. 21. Again, if you want to participate, hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B O X T O R O W. When I think back to the time and I think back to Box to Row, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something, and we talked last week about uh, Dr. Alfonso Carter, the former athletics director at Shaw University, former basketball coach, had been uh, at Shaw for over 40 years. He passed away, and his funeral, as a matter of fact, was on Tuesday, had a chance to go to that, also had a chance to go to the uh, the wake, in, in essence, on the campus of Shaw University at the chapel on Monday. So a lot of people I hadn't seen in quite a few years. And, uh, um, I mean, you know, Mr. Carter was, uh, as I called him, Mr. C. It um, was just a tremendous person, did a lot for Shaw University. I mean, probably the maybe the greatest thing athletically, with the Shaw Lady Bears, the women's basketball team winning the national championship 
back in 2012. And as again, if you remember going back about a month ago, Caden Carter, the wrestler Caden Carter, was part of that national championship uh, team as well. But there may not be a box to row had it not been for Mr. Carter. And that's not hyperbole. Um, I, I was working in athletic administration at Shaw and, and uh, when I started Box to Row in 2005, but even the journey to even get to Shaw and for him to hire me at Shaw University, again, may not have happened. And, and you know, I've had a great, I still have a great run in terms of broadcasting games as the play-by-play voice for North Carolina A&T football. I, 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 I really enjoyed doing that. But guess what? Had he not hired me and I had not done some games for Shaw, that may not have come to fruition because I hadn't done a lot of football, quite frankly, hadn't broadcast any, done any play-by-play uh, football prior to coming to Shaw. Um, also, and of course still the, the voice of the, the Shaw basketball teams, the men's and women's teams still doing that, uh, getting ready to start 19 seasons, so happy to do that. But again, this program may not be on the air if not for Dr. Alfonso Carter. So the start of Box to Row, again, August 20th, 2005, left that morning from right here in Raleigh, okay, left from right here in Raleigh that morning, drove up to Baltimore. There was a station in Baltimore that really sort of served as the flagship of Box to Row. So drove all the way up there, and at that time we had Five radio stations carrying the program. Um, uh, WAUG in Raleigh, which still carries the program to this day. We had the station in Baltimore. We had a station in Greensboro. We had a station in Winston-Salem. And we had a station in Birmingham. All carrying Boxer Row on August 20th, 2005. And then we had some subsequent stations that kind of came on. Maybe the next week there was a station in Atlanta, that came on the following week. There was a station in Durham that came on the following week or the week after that. But when this program came on the air, five radio stations were carrying this program. We fast forward to August of 2022. We have over 30 radio stations that are carrying this program. And by the way, a a station we're going to introduce, a new station uh, out of Birmingham that we're going to introduce at the end of the program that now carries uh, that carries box to row, but over 30 stations and we can be heard on Sirius XM channel 142, the HBCU channel, right? We can also be heard on Sirius XM channel 84 as well, the college sports channel uh, on Sirius XM as well. So we, we've come a long way in these 18 years. Again, I can remember making that drive August 20th, 2005, got up to the station in Baltimore, got settled in. And as a matter of fact, this was the first thing, this was the first thing and that anybody heard of Box to Row and Box to Row's introduction, as a matter of fact. So glad that you have joined us on this Saturday evening. A historic occasion from the press box to press row is now on the air. And of course, we'd like to thank all of those listening over radio in Birmingham, Alabama, of course, Atlanta, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Greensboro, and Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and of course, in the Baltimore, Washington area. 
and especially want to thank those that are listening via the World Wide Web at www.boxtorow.com. So maybe not the greatest start in the history of radio in terms of uh, the program coming on the air. I listened back to that in cringe. Uh, and by the way, as you heard right there, so we were actually on in Atlanta also. So it was Birmingham, Atlanta, Raleigh, Greensboro slash Winston-Salem in Baltimore were the first five stations to carry the show. It was two separate stations in Greensboro and Winston, but it was part of it was the light. So it was really uh, one. It was two separate stations, but they both carried the same programming. Uh, so thus, I guess technically it was really six stations um, that carried that very first program, but not the greatest introduction. But again, we've come a long way in 18 years here on Box to Row. So I remember some of those early days. As a matter of fact, on that very first show, we had Hal Lamar, the great Hal Lamar, who covered, was covered, who has covered the SIAC for so many years. We had Benita Best, the the editor, sports editor of the Triangle Tribune uh, in Durham. And we had Luke Williams, editor of the Black College Sports page and still very much talk uh, to particularly Lute. And uh, matter of fact, talked to Lute last week uh, and Benita Best maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and she actually came out to our countdown to kick off uh, in Durham. And so uh, that they those were the guests on those very and that very first show. As a matter of fact, on that very first show, we also talked uh, about Terrell Owens and his holdout. If you remember, that was going on back in 2005, and the Aaron Ro- the uh, not the Aaron Rodgers, but the Brett Favre saga <laughs> that was going on as well. So those were some of the the early days. Um, and just from a historical perspective, we I hosted three of the first four shows, including that first show, and then Terry Banks took over as host uh, from basically late September oh no basically mid-September until really like the beginning or the the latter part of January so Terry Banks was the host of Box to Row uh we had we only all the money ran out I mean quite frankly um and then uh, so we had to, we came back to Raleigh. I hosted the show out of WAUG every week. It used to come on every week, Saturday at 5 p.m. Live call-in show. It was a lot of fun. And and from then on, that was in 2006. Um, and from then on, we started to kind of build the affiliates back up, build them back up. WELE was one of our first affiliates, right? And, and WELE, uh, out of big shots to WELE, Ormond Beach, and Daytona Beach still carrying the program to this day started in 2006, still carrying the program to this day. We added, you know, we continued to add stations. Uh, at one time, Box Row was on in Dallas. We were on in Las Vegas at one time. We were on in Salt Lake City, Utah um, at one time. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of the other markets that maybe we're not currently on, but we were on at one time. And, and it just grew in, in the guest list. It's not just... It, you know, we, we obviously are going to always be about our HBCUs. I'm a Morgan State grad. I believe in our HBCUs, uh, but we we do. Uh, there's other things associated with Box to Row as well. I mean, we've had creme de la creme of guests, you know, uh, Serena Williams, uh, you know, Kevin Durant has been a guest on this program. Um, I mean, really, the list goes on and on. I mean, as the years go by, it's sort of hard to really keep up with all of the wonderful guests 
that we've had on the program, even outside of the of sports, whether it's been Snoop Dogg as a guest on the program, or 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 Ti, or Ludacris, or Josh Stone, or or you know uh, Michael B. Jordan, or you know the late Chadwick Boseman. I mean, you know the guest list goes on and on, and has afforded Box Rose has afforded us some opportunities to 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 cover events. Everybody's talking about the Beyonce tour well when Beyonce was here in Raleigh in 2016 we were able to cover that sat probably you know 14 rows from the front of the stage it was a fantastic fantastic performance or whether you know it's been various Super Bowls or or NBA all-star weekends or Major League Baseball all-star weekends the U.S. Open the list goes on box to row been on the air for 18 years We've done it all, and so we want to celebrate some of the things that Box to Row has done over the years. Switching gears and up next here on Box to Row, we're going to be joined by Benedict, defensive end, Lubert Danilis. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trust Pilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-201-1478 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-201-1478 now for your free quote. That's 800-201-1478. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Shannon Berry, the head football coach at Benedict. Like you said before, man, we had a great year, but the last time we played, last thing I remember was we took a loss. So that's been the motivating factor the whole entire offseason. It was a big learning lesson for myself as the head football coach, our staff, as well as our players. We have a long way to go. We had a great year, but when we got into the playoffs, you know, we really didn't do very well. We didn't win the battle of the trenches, and we took an L. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's my job as head football coach to go out and recruit the right student athletes to take our program to the next level. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Joey Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. 
from the Press Box to Press Row and BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. She take my money when I'm in need. Yes, it's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over town that digs on me. Uh. She give me money. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger. Some of the top college football players and some of the top players in all of HBCU football take center stage today here on Box to Row. Also, actually, in the last segment, we spoke about Box to Row and it's 18 years on the air as we celebrate 18 years this weekend on the program. But back to some of the top players in the country. On the line, we're joined by a gentleman. He's a senior as a matter of fact, and he's from Florida. He's one of the best players, again, in college football and is part of the HBCU All-America preseason team. He's Lubert Danilis, defensive end for the Benedict Tigers as he joins us on Box to Row. Lubert, welcome to the program. Doing great. How are you? Pleased to be here. Absolutely. Glad to have you. How's camp? How's camp going to this point? Camp has been going great so far. Um, getting adjusted to the heat, but other than that, I think camp's been going great. Getting well, adjusted to the heat. Yeah, well, it's always it's always hot. It would not always, but it can get hot there in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, no doubt about that. Your season last year, I mentioned the numbers. They were absolutely uh, phenomenal. You dominated. Your thoughts on your season, first of all, individually. Um, I think it was a great season. Uh, I dedicate that to uh, the work that God has done through me. Um, I think the season that I had was a great testament to the coaches and the system that they've instilled here at Benedict. Um, it's a testament to the players that they brought in, the players that I'm playing around with. Um, they helped me play at my best, and I helped them play at their best. So uh, it's kind of like a well-oiled machine. Um, um, a lot of those things just kind of um, came from doing my job. So. Yeah, let me look. So let's look at the 2021 numbers. Good numbers, right? Uh, 41 tackles, nine of those tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. But that's a big jump from 2021 to 2022. So, you know, speak to your offseason going into the 2022 season and what you did to enable you to have such a great jump. Uh, one of the main things was that uh, Coach Barry kind of brought a couple of new players back on campus uh, a couple of weeks early. So we kind of had like a summer lifting program. I think that had a huge part. Um, other than that, I think my season, my offseason um, routine was kind of the same. Uh, I think it was just a testament to the accumulation of the past offseason that's kind of come to fruition right now. Yeah, no doubt. You're, the season as a whole, okay, we talked about last year individually how you played, dominating. You know, your thoughts on the season as a whole where you guys finish 11-1 and and as HBCU Division II national champs? The season was great. Um, we were definitely able to make some memories. Um, definitely a uh, couple of firsts. Uh, it was definitely fun to be able to bring that kind of attention to Columbia because the people who are, who are, who are here, um, the staff, uh, the fans, they're great, great supporters. So uh, it's definitely... A great thing to kind of see a smile on their face and see um, kind of the new thing that we're doing here at Benedict College. Lubert Danilis, of course, and he, uh, he is a senior. He's from Naples, Florida, defensive end 
for Benedict as he joins us here on the program. Chenis Berry, speak to him and what, you know, sort of he's meant to you. Uh, Coach Chenis Berry has been a great role model um, ever since the first time I talked to him on the phone. Um, He's done nothing but motivate motivate us and try to push us to be better men, um, both on and off the field. Um, He's a great motivator, like I said. Um, He believes in God, so he's a great person to look up to. Um, He cares about each and every one of us, so so it makes it a lot easier to kind of go hard for him on the field um, when we know how much he cares about us off the field. Do you expect to – I mean, I'm sure you faced quite a few double teams last year. How how much do you think you were double teamed all of last year? I can't really tell you that. my job is just to hunt. When I see the ball, I got to go get it. Um, I don't really spend too much time worried about who's in front of me. I just got to do my best to get to the, to the ball. Well, you expect to see more this year. You, I mean, that said, I'm sure you expect to see quite a few more this year. Uh, yes. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think, uh, like I said, I have 10 other hunters out there with me. So um, if if I am a double team, I think I, I, I trust in my other 10 guys who want to fit out there with me to to make the plays that need to be made. I mean, were you in a zone in the Miles game, four and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, you know, in that football game, in one football game? I mean, a lot, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of guys don't even get that in a season. Were you in a zone in that game? Yes, sir. Uh, I think it, it, it was just fun at that point. Um, I think for, I think I was able to like make a lot of plays when I was just out there having fun. And uh, I knew my assignment, so that kind of helped me to play fast and play loose. Um, so I wasn't really slowed down by uh, any mental obstacles or anything like that. So it was just fun to go out there and hunt. Luber Danilis, again, a senior from Naples, Florida, defensive end for the Benedict Tigers, joins us here on the program. How did you ultimately end up at Benedict? Um, our defensive coordinator coach, Jordan Ordaffer, he was the linebackers coach when I was at Southeastern. Um, so once he was able to leave and there was a couple coaching changes, um, I decided it was time for me to make a change. And then um, uh, I heard about what he was doing here at Benedict. I just want to be a part of it. Oh, so you were at Southeastern and how, how, how were you, how were, were things there at Southeastern? Uh, it was great. Um, I had a great two years there. I think Southeastern had a great um, place in my life. It helped me build my foundation and my faith. Um, yeah, it was just my first college experience. It was great. Any thoughts on, I mean, because you're, I mean, Naples is quite a bit of ways from Columbia, South Carolina. Any thoughts, you know, once you, in terms of, um, you know, prior to coming to Benedict, maybe going a little bit closer to home? Yes, sir. I mean, it was a little bit tough. Um, I've never really been away from home like that, unless it was for a football game. Um, but I definitely, uh, I prayed, it was a decision that I prayed on talked about it with my parents and the people who were around me um, and they supported my decision. And then, uh, yeah, once I got here, I got all the confirmations that I need that this was the right choice. So when you're not on the football field, what are you, you know, what are some of the things you're doing? What are you enjoying? Those kind of things. When I'm not on the football field, I try to do my best to give uh, God 10% of my day, um, whenever that is. Um, and then uh, I do my best to uh Stay in my bus because I know um, my parents. That's what that's what puts a smile on their face. So I try to do what I have to do in the classroom. And then other than that, I'm spending time around the guys and just having fun and then uh, working on my craft, whether that's watching film, um, working out on the football field, stuff like that. 
how often is your family able do they come to all the games how often are they able to come and kind of see you play uh they come to about one game a year um it's kind of hard for them to stay late far away but they do their best to come to one game a year um usually it's the first game of the season but this year it's most likely gonna be uh senior senior night yeah how excited are you and your teammates i, I think it's i think it's a really big deal um, when you have a, a game against Fort Valley State that's going to be on the ESPN family of networks, that game on Thursday night is usually, from an HBCU perspective, is reserved for either a SWAC. It's a, it's a SWAC game, a MEAC game. If it's not one of those games, then it's a lower-tier FBS game. That's on you, but you guys have now been moved to ESPN2 for that Thursday night game. How big a deal is that for you and your teammates? Uh, it's a huge deal. Uh, I think it's a great testament to the people, the supporters of HBCU and how they've been able to bring uh, our, our talents and uh, the pe- people we have in our institutions to a national level. Um, and we're just excited to, to be able to go out there and represent. What are you majoring in and what do you hope to do when your football playing career is over? Um, I am a major in psychology, a minor in sports management. Um, once I'm done with football, I really just want to be able to use the experience that I've gained from football and the knowledge that I've gained from psychology to just really help elevate the next generation, um, whether if that's through coaching or uh, being a sports psychologist, however that is, I just want to be able to um, pass on a lot of knowledge that I know and help elevate the next generation. Mm, very well said. I think it was what, maybe the, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, something like that was the last football game. Uh, you played, you guys open at home uh, on Saturday, September 2nd against Shaw. How, how much are, are you and your teammates chomping at the bit to, to, uh, to, 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 for that game? Or are you kind of enjoying the process leading up to that game? Yes, sir. Uh, like you said, last time we was on a football field, we didn't like the way that it ended. So we definitely still like, there, we definitely feel like there's more things that we have to go out there and prove. Um, so, so far, until this first game, we're just going to work on uh, falling in love with the process. Um, and we just do our best to go 1-0 and up until September 2nd comes. Luber Danilis, again, a senior from Naples, Florida, his third season with the Benedict Tigers. He's a defensive end. He joins us here on the program, put up some absolutely spectacular numbers on last year, looking to do the same. But as you heard, and more importantly, it's about also what the other 10 of his teammates do on that side of the football as well as the Tigers open the season, as I mentioned, Saturday, uh, September 2nd at home against Shaw. Lubert, great to catch up with you. Good luck to you and the Tigers this season. Appreciate you. Appreciate this opportunity. So there he is, Lubert Danellis, defensive end for Benedict, joining us here on the program. You heard him mention it. He's not necessarily concerned with the double teams or Uh, any of the individual accolades the Tigers want to take that next step remember an 11-0 season ran up against Wingate in the playoffs in the second round and Wingate obviously a more experienced program but uh, Benedict want to do want to get further than it did on last year student athletes top football players continue to take center stage on box to row up next North Carolina Central quarterback, Davius Richard.
You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and I, I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. You know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games, you know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever those, that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> You know what is good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought the awareness to the school, and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One, NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college, something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a, 
up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at BoxToRow.com. That's from the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Davius Richard, in my opinion, may be the best player in all of HBCU football. He is the starting quarterback for North Carolina Central and one of the best players in college football. He is a graduate student from Bell Glades, Florida, put up some phenomenal numbers last year for the Eagles, who are defending HBCU national champions, as Davius Richard joins us here on Box to Row. Davius, welcome to the program. Good. How you doing? Doing great, man. I, I cannot complain. Um, let me start here. Camp to this point, you guys are the defending HBCU national champions. Uh, how's camp going to this point? I mean, you know, camp's going good. Camp's going to be camp, uh, you know, 6.30 a.m. Wake up or 6 o'clock wake up to 9 to 30 o'clock at night. Appreciate everybody that plays football. You know, the feeling of camp, going through the ups and downs of camp with bumps and bruises and waking up doing it. The next day. Yeah, no, no question. So obviously it's a stark contrast between the off season and, and camp. But I mean, did, I don't, did you got, what, what was the off season? Like you're, you're, you know, everybody's saying, everybody's congratulating you, your HBCU national champs that hadn't happened at North Carolina central since 2006. You know, how, how did you and your teammates kind of soak it all in? Uh, for the most part, you know, we sold it in from the day the game ended to, like, mid-January. Try to enjoy it as much as we can as far as, like, events they had for us in Durham. Like, they had a parade. We was uh, able to go to the governor's uh, mansion and, you know, the other bits and pieces in here and there. But for the most part, we've been trying to just put that behind us, man. You know, it's a whole new season. They only uh, – what happened last year doesn't really matter no more because we're in a whole new season. They only judge you by what you do in the present, not in the past. That said, let me can let me. I gotta take you back to last year. Like that said, and you know we'll 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 talk about it and then leave it in its place. Tell me what last year, the entire season, uh, what it meant to you and what it was like for you. Uh, for real, the entire last season was just kind of like a. How can I put this? Uh, something like a reward for all the hard work that we put in. And not just for, uh, not just hard work that we put in last year, but like I feel like it was just a war for the hard work we put in since uh, I came here in 2019 uh, with Coach Trey Oliver took over. You know, it's the first year in the program we didn't do so good. Uh, his first year, then you know, COVID came in 2020. Then 2021, we barely finished above 500, but we felt like we should have been, we should have done better than what we did. And then just to see everything connect and come into play in 2022. 
and then just having the season that we did have, the record-breaking season and stuff like that, then ending it off uh, with the Celebration Bowl win over Jackson State, it was just like a, it was a, like a surreal feeling to see all this just came into play because, you know, sometimes when you re, re, when they hire coaches to rebuild a program, sometimes it can take five to ten years or something like that or whatever, but it's just like a blessing that I'm able to see how that rebuild happen so quickly. Davius Richard, he's a senior from Belle Glade, Florida, of course, quarterback for North Carolina Centrist. He joins us here on the program. Let me take you back to 2019 because I remember your 2019 um, season. I remember the game you played um, against A&T. And I, even coming into that season, and I talk with Coach Oliver about this all the time, I think you were like third-string quarterback coming into that season. Um, and you could just – I could just see – this guy's going to be is going to be pretty good, and ultimately you have 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 had you know your twenty one season was good, your twenty two season was magnificent. Speak to how you've grown as a football player and a person at North Carolina Central uh, since your freshman season at two thousand nineteen. I mean, I just can't give enough thanks to Coach Oliver and the University of North Carolina Central for giving me that chance to even attend uh, such a great university. And then just far as, like, growth as a player uh, from 2019 into the uh, present, it's just been, like, growing within uh, mentally and just physically uh, and mechanically. So putting on weight since I came in 20, uh, since 2019 as far as building muscle uh, with Coach TC and the structure uh, conditioning style and then just helping my uh, growing my mental part of the game uh, each year in, each year out with uh, uh, Coach Leone, offensive coordinator, he's done a great job of making sure I'm prepared for games, making sure I understand defenses, uh, tendencies, and stuff like that. And then just uh, working on myself personally as far as mechanic-wise and throwing the ball and trying to make sure well, no matter what kind of position I'm in, I'm always able to throw the ball. If I got to throw in a run, if I'm in a stable position, or if I'm just like an awkward position, I'm trying to make sure no matter what it is, I'm able to throw the ball. So just really just being growing in that aspect. So now as far as like as a person, uh, North Carolina Central just has been like a amazing place for me to grow. I feel like, um, I mean, I, if I wasn't here, I don't think I would have grew as much as I did in the, because of the people that I met around here from my team chaplain to just uh, some of the friends and teachers and some of the administrative uh, faculty that I talked to. Uh, over the years, and then just them giving me the opportunities to just like visit different companies as far as like uh internship tours or X, Y, and Z, and then just giving me a place to be myself and express myself that I'm comfortable in, but also getting better at. Davius Richard, of course, quarterback for North Carolina Central, joins us here on the program. A, you made a nice jump from the 21 season to last season. You know, 21 season, you were completing 58% of your passes. Last year, 64%. That's a that's a significant jump in addition to, you know, running the football. You were responsible for 40 touchdowns um, last year. Speak to what you did last offseason um, to allow for the jump from 21 to 22, which was a significant one. Uh, really just, I think, the ma a major part of that is just the film room. As far as like understanding things, like I said, uh, understanding my opponents, what they like to do, uh, as far as like situation wise, and just like knowing how to read defenses or looking up, uh, picking up tennis and stuff like that. 
So that just helped me, just allowed me to come up with a pre, uh, a pre game plan before I snap the ball. As far as like, all right, I see this, this is how I answer this, this, or this happens, I don't go and hit with the ball. And then just having that understanding and just me, um, day in and day out, coaching young to make sure we're on the same page, that we like the same uh, page. So whenever he called and play, just say I'm in. The, uh, I didn't start off the game too good. I'm kind of trying to find my uh, groove and stuff like that. Made him meet enough and have a close enough relationship to he, to where he knows what type of plays to call to get me in my rhythm or to uh, get my feet set or like to get me grounded, get me going. So it's just really just being building that connection with my office coordinator and then just being in the film room. Couple of more thoughts with Davius Richard, the quarterback for North Carolina Central. In my opinion, the best player in HBCU football, one of the best uh, in all of college football. So coming. You know, out of high school, uh, th- there at uh, you were at Glades Central, uh, there in Florida. So you had offers uh, from Alabama State, Colgate, Delaware State, uh, maybe others. What led you to come and choose North Carolina Central? Uh, Understand is really just how my recruiting played out. Like you said, I had a couple offers going into my uh, senior year, uh, junior year. We had a spring game. Ended up picking like three offers within like after that spring game, leading up into the summer and up into the season. So I go into my senior season, play that season and stuff like that. Uh, kind of kept in contact with the coaches and stuff, but not to its entirety. So toward the back end of the season, once the season over with, as far as playoff run X Y Z, just trying to get in contact with some of the coaches that offered me uh, previously. So. Uh, I can't really speak on like Colgate, whatever, or Delaware State. I know Alabama, not it was Alabama State, but I had an offer Alabama, Alabama and them. But they had a a coaching style change, and they already, I guess, they already had a quarterback or something like that. So that kind of got stripped away, and then that's when Coach Oliver got hired at Central in uh, December 2018, leading into 2019 January, and then one of the coaches, uh, coaches from Alabama and them, ended up coming to Central. I'm guessing he kind of spoke uh, good, goodly of me to Coach Oliver, and they went to recruit me heavy in January. Then on top of that, uh, went to talk to them, came on a visit. Then so other schools came late, like EKU came like later in the picture, and then of course like a couple of D2s, D3s, prep schools, and JUCOs and stuff like that. But once I came on my visit here to Central, and just like was able to see the campus, meet some of the players, talk to the coaches. And then just see how the environment was as far as, like, going to the basketball game and stuff like that. I kind of already knew by the time I left that Sunday. It was like, all right, yeah, this, this, uh, this is cool for me. I didn't really have to take other visits or try to think about other options. Yeah, no, sounds good. Um, how, do you, how do you all, you as a leader, certainly I'm sure as a captain, uh, prevent complacency in a way coming into this season, coming off that national a championship, it befalls some schools uh, or, or some programs sometime. You're, you know, like you said, you've, you've, you've put it behind you, but, you know, how, how do you kind of prevent that from happening? Uh, honestly, just a reminder, like, what we did last year or the work we put in throughout that all season last year is not going to carry us to the next season. So just reminding that or some other people, I try to tell them, uh, how you did this past season, you feel like you can do better or whatever, X, Y, and Z. They said, yeah, I'm like, all right. So if you felt like you could do better last year and we got to where we was then, prepared if you go through this whole offseason and fix what you feel like you needed to get better at, 
And then imagine like how that's gonna multiply as far as like your um level of play. So really just trying to dial in to like we weren't perfect last year. We had a lot of mistakes. It was just like we was uh discipline. So we had a lot of mistakes last year. And then really just tuning in and fixing those mistakes and trying to build on just getting better day in and day out and just remember that the only work that counts towards this season is what we put in this offseason, what we did last season, like that's dead. It don't really got nothing to do uh with this season coming up. What are you majoring in and what do you hope to do with that degree once your football playing days are over? Uh, so I just uh, recently graduated in December with a, uh, my undergrad in business administration with a concentration in management. So right now I'm in my uh, MBA program. So I did that uh, time period. I got like, I'm in my second semester, got by like two to three more semesters before I graduate. But right now the goal is to play football professionally. Uh, if not, I got uh, a mentor who's into uh, like sort of project management. So I'm trying to see if I want to go into project management or also uh, cut hair on the side or do I want to go into the entrepreneurship route and then try to get into cutting hair, especially if I get the opportunity to go to uh, the NFL, USFL, XFL, whatever, and meet those type of guys as far as the high end type clientele and then just like kind of put my foot in the door with them and kind of be on that celebrity barber type route. So it's kind of just like a lot of avenues that I, that got kind of ironed out within uh, this time frame. Sounds good. Currently second all time in North Carolina Central history in terms of passing yards and passing touchdowns. He was the Box to Row Impact Player of the Year on last year preseason a box to row or HBCU All-America as North Carolina Central opens the season on Saturday, September 2nd at home against Winston-Salem State. Davius Richard, the quarterback, joins us here on the program. Davius, great to catch up with you. Good luck to you and the Eagles this season. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Virginia Union running back Jada Byers is up next. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth box to row countdown to kick off and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Welcome back to Box to Row. You can participate here on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. We are waiting the appearance of Virginia Union running back Jada Byers here on the program. Again, some of the top players in college football and HBCU football take center stage today 
on the program as our countdown to kickoff continues. August 26th, the season kicks off. You've got three football games, including the big MEAC SWAC challenge between South Carolina State and Jackson State. And as a matter of fact, that game is going to be televised on ABC. So in addition to that, and of course, while we're waiting on Jada Byers, we are celebrating 18 years this weekend of the program on the air. Again, August 20th, 2005 was the first show and the program was on in Baltimore, Birmingham, Atlanta, Raleigh and the triad or or Greensboro and Winston-Salem. And then, of course, subsequent weeks we've added or years, that is, we've added or really weeks. It it started to kind of build up and then went back. Our only uh, original affiliate still carrying the program, uh, which is um, uh, in Raleigh, uh, was uh, the only station we had back in 2006. And then we continued to kind of build up. Uh, the program to where it is now, uh, 30 stations, a couple of Sirius XM channels as well. But it, you know, and, and it's interesting because we, again, just to reiterate, we're going to always talk and the foundation of Box to Row has always been about HBCU sports. But even from the very beginning, it was about more than just HBCU sports. I, again, as I mentioned, that very first show, was Terrell Owens's holdout, uh, or that was was going on at the time, and we talked about that on the program, uh, the whole Brett Favre situation and his holdout, and whether he was gonna resign with the Packers or not. I mean, who who knows if, uh, and, and and he did, I believe, ultimately that year, and then he eventually moved on, and and Aaron Rodgers took over, and uh, the rest is history. But what if he had moved on? A little bit early, would Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers still would have had a great career, but you you just never know how things would have gone had those things not taken place. And by the way, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably needed some time behind Brett Favre at that time um, to be to really become uh, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, many, I mean, we've had many guests over the years, the likes of a of a Jerry Rice, for instance has been a guest on the on Box to Row. In those early days, uh, we would have guys like a Rasheen Mathis. Rasheen Mathis played at Bethune-Cookman, really, really good corner when, of course, uh, was asked to do the um, top 100 NFL players that played at HBCUs at all time uh, for USA Today back in 2019. Rasheen Mathis was on that list. Uh, Gus Johnson, uh, right? The uh, Of course, you know Gus Johnson from... Um, from his days, and still he did a couple of NFL games over the last couple of years, but uh, uh, in March Madness, you've known him from that. He's a Howard graduate. He came on, you know, those the program in those really early years. But I think when we, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you start a program, you never know how it's going to go, how it's going to be received. It wasn't any market research or anything like that done it. You know, I, I remember when one of the Afro newspapers back in 2000, back in 2005 asked a bunch of questions when they um, wanted to know more about the show and how we started it and did an article. I think one of the things they asked back then was, did you do any market research and all of those kind of things? No, we didn't do <clears throat> any market research. 
you know, having grown up, really loving not only sports, but but radio, sports and radio. So, um, you know, I grew up in the Washington area. Uh, one of the, the, the shows or the preeminent show, at least in Washington at that time, was a program called Sports Call. And it was hosted by Ken Beatrice uh, on WMAL in Washington. Loved that show. W- would listen. I mean, that show would come on. I think it was I think it was weekly, but I remember it being kind of associated maybe after then Washington Redskins games would listen to some of those games, watch the games and then listen to the program afterwards on uh, on. Uh, you know, listen to the post game show and then Ken Beatrice on WMAL after those games. So that's really where the interest really came um, in terms of sports talk radio. And I remember growing up listening to uh, to radio. There's this big thing about AM radio and whether it's still relevant. Of course, AM radio is still rele- relevant. It's radio uh, first and foremost. Now, maybe from a music perspective, you're not going to play a lot of music on AM radio, but in terms of, of, of AM radio being relative, of course it is. I mean, everything can't be on FM because, yeah, I've realized that traditional genres such as, as sports radio or sports talk radio, sports radio, play-by-play, talk radio, etc., is moving over to the FM dial with all of the music. But not every, not all of those genres, meaning talk, sports, etc. <coughs> excuse me, can all be on the FM dial. So you still have to have AM radio, and it's still relevant. So I grew up listening to AM radio, one of the prevalent stations in Washington at that time, and still is the is is one of the prevalent stations. By the way, WTOP year in and year out, still still to this day. It, it, it's one of the stations, it, 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 year in and year out, it's number one in terms of the most, not necessarily making the most money or generating the most revenue, but in terms of billing companies for revenue. It's number one. It's been number one for quite some time. Well, on WTOP, a program um, uh, in a gentleman by the name of Larry King, you'll remember Larry, a lot of you will remember Larry King from his CNN days and as a you know talk show host on CNN. Well, Larry King originally was a radio guy. So when I wasn't listening, going to bed, listening to either Baltimore Orioles games or Washington Bullets as they were known at the time or Washington Capitals games, if there, those games weren't on and generally they would have been on probably on WTOP, seems like maybe WMAL may have carried Wizards games of so long ago now. But... If, a, if something sports wasn't on, then when I was going to bed listening to radio, I was listening to Larry King. Lo- really enjoyed listening to Larry King and, you know, what he brought to the airwaves, the interviews that he brought, the information that Larry King brought. And that's really how my love for radio really, you know, manifested itself and kind of came around and, uh, you know, obviously through sports and uh, really being a a huge um, sports talk show fan. So early on to me, and I realized WFAN was the, I believe it was WFAN in New York was the first um, radio station to carry sports talk, or to have all sports talk radio. But the, the show that I used to listen to and that I remember was like the first national program was Tony Kornheiser. 
um, out of Washington, Washington Post columnist. He had what I remember as one of the first nationally syndicated sports talk shows. So I would, you know, definitely listen to his show. Then I, you know, def- love listening to Jim Rome, the Jim Rome show, who's Jim Rome is still on the air. As a matter of fact, a couple of years when I went uh, to the Super Bowl and we did our program from Radio Row, definitely would make sure to introduce myself to Jim Rome. Um, but that's how and then, you know, Mike and Mike in the morning, those were sort of influences as far as I was concerned in terms of starting a radio program. But none of those shows talked about HBCU sports. So that's something that I want that, you know, I and, and, and we ultimately with our company incorporated into um, when we started this program, we wanted to talk about HBCU sports, but not only talk about HBCU sports and what was going on in HBCU sports, we wanted to tell the stories about HBCU sports, the history of HBCU sports. Some of the greatest players to ever play uh, any in, in sports collectively, specifically in the National Football League, played at HBCUs. You've got I think it's 34 or 35 now pro football hall of, of famers that are HBCU folks. So, you know, again, we wanted to be able to tell those stories, tell the stories of the student athletes, of the coaches, of the administrators. And, you know, I think we've, we've been able to do that over the last 18 years and uh, really appreciate you all really listening to the program and supporting the program those that have known about the program since 2000, whether you've known about it since 2005 or you just found out about it last week, we definitely appreciate your support. And even with that in the HBCU space, we still wanted to make sure that we talked about what was going on in the world of sports and even to a degree outside of sports, whether it was politics. We try not to get too political, but we will and have from time to time. Um, and we've had in, in our some of our guests over the years have spoken to that, whether it's Mark Moriel as a, as a guest who was the um, executive director of the NAACP or, you know, whether it was uh, uh, Representative Clyburn. Um, right. You know, we've had those conversation conversations with politicians. And then you step outside of that. You know, I've always been one to enjoy entertainment, to enjoy celebrity. Huge, huge hip hop fan, of course, celebrating 50 years of hip hop. And so we've had, you know, all kinds of guests, actors, uh, musicians. You know, Josh Stone has been on this show numerous times. I mean, so those are some of the things that we wanted to bring to the table from a talk show perspective not just the regular talk about you know what's happening the x's and o's and the criticism of players and all of those kind of things we wanted to be able to tell the stories about sports about hbcu sports tell those stories about the entertainers that aren't told in the manner in which we can tell them on this program or 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 those musicians or whatever whoever it may be or whatever the case may be and so we appreciate you being along for the ride for these 18 years we'll catch up with jada buyer some other time we gotta get ready to run today here on box to row want to thank of course joining us today on the program lubert danilis also davius richard joined us today here on box to row don't forget about the hbcu football daily podcast which you can watch on the box to row 
YouTube channel as well as on BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.